In Matthew 24, Jesus spoke concerning the last days and the end of this world and gave us some important information. He talked about the beginning of sorrows. And in the beginning of sorrows, he said these were things like wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes, which we have been seeing for centuries. Coronavirus has to be part of this, one of the pestilences, because it made such a tremendous impact on us and still is making an impact on us. Since it went all over this world, there are few times that something has gone all over the world. It may hit in one place or another place, but to go all over the world the way this coronavirus did certainly catches my attention. I'm still watching reports about it. And that seven months or so after the first report that we received in March in the United States of 2020. In Matthew 24, Jesus says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. I often watch documentaries concerning World War II. I find some special significance in World War II. Not necessarily in World War I, but in World War II. It is like something ended with World War II, and we went on into evils which are closer to what I see as signals for the coming of Jesus and the Great Tribulation. Prior to World War II, sins existed that we have today. The difference is they were hidden. They didn't flaunt the sin like they do today. A few days ago, I heard an English woman speaking about this. She lived during the time of World War II and was a teenager during the time of World War II. And she told what a shame it was for one of the women to become pregnant who was not married. And she said it's just so different from today because at that time they hid these things and it was a terrible shame for that to happen. There is a vast difference between 1940 and 2020. I find it comforting to go back and look at the documentaries of the 1940s. You just didn't see half-naked women out on the streets like you do today. We see it in our television programs, in the advertising I often go back and hunt old movies when I'm looking for something as a pastime because I really can't stand what I see being displayed before our eyes today. There is such ungodliness in the appearance of women. 
especially women, in both their physical appearance and their flaunting themselves to be equal with men. It troubles me, although I have an earned doctorate, which is high as you can go in education. I got it before I was born again, but it still troubles me today, not the doctorate, but it troubles me today to think of this flaunting yourself in front of men to outdo men. I don't approve of this. I think it is a way of ungodliness for women. There is a modesty and a humility that should be there in godly women. Godly women, I just love the statement in Proverbs 31. The husband knows she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. I find so many situations where it is the opposite, where the woman is just trying to get material things given to her by that man. That is so ungodly. And I'm greatly troubled by it. But you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, said Jesus. See that ye be not troubled by these wars and rumors of wars. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Two other things which must happen before Jesus can return. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. It is truly incredible to me that the churches for decades have taught that there is one Antichrist. One Antichrist. We're going to see that that is wrong because the Apostle John told us there were already many Antichrists at the time that he was living. That is in 1 John chapter 2. And yet the churches, as far back as I can remember, were teaching about this one Antichrist that would come. In the days of Napoleon, the Russian people thought the Antichrist was, going, was Napoleon. I remember as a young child my aunt thinking the Antichrist was a Catholic church. In fact, the Antichrist is in all manner of churches, Protestant and Catholic, where they have removed scripture. That's the falling away, and they've set up other doctrines. That allows Antichrist to take over in the churches. In 1982, God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. For I'm sure when I read Second Thessalonians 2 about this falling away, 
that at first it looked like to me that it was people leaving the churches. God said to me, it is not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. And I just said, oh, that's right. It's all these denominations that are set up by the will of man, which divide the body of Christ, and they set up doctrines which are contrary to the doctrines of the New Testament Bible. That's the falling away, and that's the Antichrist, which Paul said had to come before the day of the Lord. That's happened. That's happening right before us right now. Another thing that had to happen before Jesus could return is told to us in Matthew 24, verse 14. Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Has the gospel been preached in all the world? Has an internet made a difference? I think it has. The fact that we have blogs today and podcasts which go all over the world. It's not that everyone hears them or even can hear them. But it's certainly gone all over the world. I believe the gospel has been preached all over this world and that the end shall come. And the message I keep receiving from God is that the end is coming, perhaps even in our own lifetime. The end where Jesus returns to remove the godly and take them off this earth. And God brings the great tribulation upon this earth. The main sign that I think would show us the great tribulation has begun is if the sun goes dark in the middle of the day. The power of heavens are shaken before the return of Jesus. And that would be a clear sign of the great tribulation. I see other things that look like parts of the great tribulation. The forest fires in California in 2020 look a lot like the first plague that is coming of the great tribulation. However, in that first plague, it says all of the grass will be burned. And I don't know if that means all over the world the grass would be burned or just in this one part the grass would be burned. But these um, uncontrolled forest fires in California in 2020 look very much like the first plague of the Great Tribulation. Although the first plague also had hail with it. It was fire and hail mingled with blood, and I don't know what mingled with blood means. So it's a little bit tricky to see if these things might have happened, any of them. I don't think it's happened, but I think we have things happening today that are similar to that which is coming upon this earth, except that which is coming upon this earth will be much more severe than that which we are seeing right now. This is my opinion on the situation. 
You can read about the Great Tribulation by going to Revelation chapter 8 and read through chapter 16, for it lists every one of the plagues of the Great Tribulation. But I believe the stage is set for the return of Jesus. When Jesus returns through the air, first he will raise all the dead in Christ. That's the first thing that will happen before he takes those who are living in Christ off this earth. He'll take the dead in Christ. They will rise from their graves. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us that. Start at verse 13. Paul says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, concerning them who have died, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain on the earth shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The kingdom of God will not be set up on this present earth. This present earth will be destroyed by God after the great tribulation. We read that in Second Peter chapter 3. There is a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. God showed it to John in Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5. You will notice that we are not left on this earth. We are changed in a blink of an eye. We are changed, 1 Corinthians 15. We are changed into another type of body. We won't have these physical bodies in heaven. We know in heaven there will be no sorrow and there will be no pain and there will be no death. Well, we have sorrow and pain and death today because we live inside these physical bodies which are subject to sorrow, pain, and death. So in heaven, we will not have these bodies. God gives us a new body, Paul says, as it pleases God. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We will have a different body. The dead in Christ who are raised will have a different body. We won't have these physical bodies like we have right now. We will all have spiritual bodies. Those who are taken into heaven will have spiritual bodies. We rise to meet Jesus in the air because this present earth is going to be destroyed. Another place that tells us this present earth is going to be destroyed is in Revelation 21, where God showed the Apostle John 
a vision of the new heaven and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So let's close by looking at Revelation chapter 21. The Apostle John said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he, God, will dwell with them, and shall be, they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. My cousin, who was not a church-going person, her husband died, and she told me about going to decorate Thurman's grave, and I said to her, Why are you doing this? Who are you trying to impress? Thurman does not know you're coming to decorate that grave. Thurman is asleep. So who is it you're trying to impress by doing this? She got very still, and then she said, Well, then I guess it doesn't matter where we're buried. And I said, That's exactly correct. I really think there is a possibility she was born again at that second, for she agreed with the truth. She had always been a very argumentative person. And I, looking back on it, I can't even believe I had the nerve to say that to her. Who are you trying to impress? But it struck her somehow in a special way. She was about 86 years old. When this happened, she is subsequently dead. But I have great hope that she was born again at that point when I spoke that truth to her. I've had people tell me the strangest things about dead people. I've had church people tell me the strangest things about dead people. My cousin R.B. was always a favorite cousin of mine, but he was a very secular type guy, very worldly type guy. He died, and his wife, who was a devout Baptist, said to me, oh, I can just picture it now. R.B. and my brother-in-law are in heaven having a beer and watching the cowboys. I, I, I didn't say anything to her. I think I was speechless. I was shocked, so shocked that any church person could say that to me. Another church person, her husband died, and she told me, she said, oh, I just can't wait to die and be with Jerry. Well, we're not going to have marriages in heaven. We won't even have these human bodies in heaven. It's amazing, but it's like the church world just missed 
things in the Bible somehow. In heaven, we're going to have a spiritual body. We've had a fleshly body on this earth. We have a fleshly body. But when we die, we are given a spiritual body, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. We won't have these fleshly bodies. I don't even know how we'll recognize each other because today we recognize each other by these bodies. The prophet Isaiah said the former things won't even come into our mind. I believe that's in Isaiah 45. These, the former things, the things that have happened on this earth won't even come into our mind. It'll be so different. All things will be new in heaven. So we need to uproot some of these fleshly ways of thinking about what will happen when we die. And we uproot these things by reading the things that the Bible tells us will happen. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.